to Game Static episode 118. Uh, going a little live, a little early today doing the show if you're watching it live alongside of us. Uh, I got some shit I got to do later, and I'm also about to go out of town, so just very conflicting schedule over these uh, past couple days. So unfortunately, no Zach here today because he is working, but I do got John here in the studio. John, how you doing? How you feeling? And then there were two. Then there were two. We're just slowly <laughs> getting rid of them. <laughs> we're slowly losing everyone. <laughs> no. We're just... We got... You keep saying there's more coming. There is. Event, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> there's going to be more. But how you nah. doing today? Uh, it's all right. Uh, you got me out early today. That is true. I did. Wasn't, wasn't planning on leaving until later, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Just a, just a one-off, you know. Just do it this week. Next week, we'll be back to normal schedule, which uh, for next week, uh, going back to normal schedule also means that uh, you're going to be playing some uh, for Spoken. You excited for that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be picking it up as soon as it comes out. Yeah. Any prediction on the Metacritic? Uh, probably. I'd, it'll, I'm gonna go a little. Low. I would say 73. Okay, that's in the range that I thought. I was thinking more. 73 to 75 is is where I'd say there. Right. Uh, you know, go ahead and plug this now since we we mentioned it, it was in our weekly wrap up. But uh, I did see where Forspoken is the number two best selling PS5 game on Amazon right now, behind Hogwarts Legacy for like new upcoming games. Yeah, I mean that's. That's a I good mean, sign. It, I mean, it's a good sign. I mean, it's never going to overtake number one. I mean, Hogwarts Legacy is num- not yeah. just the number one selling game on PlayStation. It's been top of Steam, like yeah. t- top selling for weeks now. Yeah. And so, so it's, it's just everybody's waiting on that game. Yeah. But the fact that Forspoken got as high as it did, that, I think that is it, a good sign for the it, game. It is a, It is funny because when the, when the demo came out, it was, we only really heard negative news yep. outside of like me. That's true. And then it's like everybody was everybody was being real negative about it, and then saying like, "Oh, I guess I'm canceling my pre-order." That, and then next thing you know, it's top of the like number two on the list out of nowhere. Yeah. So, a bunch of quiet people out there just really excited for it. That is true. Uh, which I am excited to see all the reviews. They should start dropping on Monday. I'm excited to check those out. I'm excited to check out the game. I am going yeah. out of town next week, so I won't get to play it immediately. I went ahead and just uh, I went ahead and ordered it to be delivered. It'll get here, I don't know, Thursday or Friday, and I'll play it Friday. Yeah. Which one of those? I mean, despite whatever, despite whatever reviews it ends up getting, whatever the scores and everything that come out, I already know this. This is exactly yeah. the game I was. I, I was hoping it was. Right. Found that out a meet like ten seconds into the demo. I went, okay. Yeah. Yep. That's what I thought. It's like uh, I said on the TikTok and short I post about this. This is going to be a game that's going to find its cult following, yeah. and you're part of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I had a feeling going into it, or like before the demo even came out, I was like, yeah, that's that's gonna be my that's gonna be my type of game. Yeah. Same thing with like like I said before, uh, when I called it my most anticipated game of the year. Yep. Said it's gonna be a bio mutant situation where this game is exactly what I'm looking for. Right. I'm really looking forward to playing it and diving more into like the parkour aspect of things. It just looks fun. It's gonna be. I have a feeling, but by the time you get to the end of that game, all that's gonna be crazy. Yeah, you're going to be popping all over the place. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, for today's episode, we are going to be talking about Fire Emblem Engage, or at least I will. John has picked up. He forgot it came out. Uh, I, do, oh, I knew it was coming out. <laughs> you forgot. I knew it was coming out. I just got I just got taken over by the, the much more highly anticipated game coming to Game Pass, Monster Hunter Rise. Shout out to Monster Hunter Rise being available on Game Pass now. Uh, but I do actually have my Fire Emblem Divine Edition here with me. I was going to open it. Um, yeah, I've obviously I have already it? opened it, but that cost? 100 bucks actually. That's actually not, I was thinking it was gonna be way more. <laughs> See, that's why I bought it. You know, like, look, I will buy special editions 
if they, in my opinion, is a good price. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, <coughs> that one I think was just eighty bucks. Base game was sixty. Fuck yeah, I'll buy the special yeah. edition. This being a hundred bucks, like, I, I was expecting sick. that to be closer to one hundred and fifty. Yeah, hundred bucks, Divine Edition. So I'm gonna open that here in a little bit. Uh, I'll open it after I talk about the game. Just you know, just to be fair to my audio listeners, it's not gonna get to see me open it. You know, but if you are listening on audio, we do appreciate the hell out of you, of course. Uh, we're also gonna be chatting about we we gave our favorite memory last week, and this week we're gonna chat about Halo again because yeah. the fall of Halo is so apparent after everything that's come out this week lots of layoffs lots of news kind of popping out about the current status of the game and going forward uh we got a couple other things like suicide squad and a few other things that we'll also chat about uh but if you could head down to the description below and hit the referral link for some rogue energy uh because the new flavor did just come out he's got he's got a can that i gave him black cherry lemonade it is freaking incredible. Yeah. I was hesitant to buy it at first. I uh, said I was going to try it from one of these guys first. Yep. Absolutely buying some after that. That is, that is better than I expected it yep. to be. To put in perspective of how good it is, well, number one, this is just my kind of flavor. I love lemonade uh, flavors. I love black cherry and cherry, especially in energy drinks. I had one, and I already bought a second 12-pack because I just don't want to run out because it's just it's so good. So definitely head over to Rogue, check out some black cherry lemonade cans, use your uh, promo code SPARKY3 to get, also get 10% off that order. And, of course, head over to Agent Inc., pick up a jersey. We'd appreciate that. I should have uh, worn my jersey. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, where's the jersey? <laughs> it's, it's cold. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. It's cold. It's just cold. I, I left, walked out of my house and went, go put a hoodie on. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, the main things, just, uh, you know, everything else is down in the description below. Uh, check out the Discord and all that. Uh, Sparky3.com, uh, you know, sign up for free and everything. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into this. Let's go jump into Fire Emblem, uh, kind of get some thoughts on it. So, uh, I, you know, John, like I said. You're going to have to walk me through the, yeah. the basics of it. I got you. I know you paid a lot of attention to it. Yep. This was one that. I, I more of saw it was coming out, and I was like, that'll be a game I play this year. Right. I will say, you know, so, um, you know, before, whenever we did our predictions and everything, I predicted a 90 Metacritic rating. I was off on that. Uh, yeah, so the reviews dropped and everything, which, you know, I want to stress. I want to stress because we, we just talked about, like, for, sp for spoken reviews. Reviews are not the all-in, you know, be-all, whatever. <laughs> Everyone can enjoy their game. Like, John <laughs> John knows that for spoken is going to be a game for him no matter the reviews. You're giving, you're giving a lead in here, so I, how far off were you? <laughs> it, I don't know what it's setting at now, but it started off as an 82, which, not great. I mean, it, I mean, I mean it's, it's good. It's good, but, like, you know, it's definitely taking a step back from – you know, Three Houses, which came in at 89. I think Fates came in at like an 8. I think, well, you know, three, Fates had technically three different things. All three ranged from 88, 87, 86. And Awakening, of course, is the highest one at a 92. Uh, so it, it, we took a step back for the, for the new games. You know, if you if you throw in like the Warriors titles or the Echoes of Valentina, which is, of course, a remake, those came in at like 81s. But that's different. Yeah. I'm talking about brand new games, never before seen, not a remake. You know, th this is a step back. This is a step back uh, in terms of reviews. And, you know, when I first saw like the knee jerk reaction of the review, I'm like, oh, man, that's a lot <coughs> lower than I thought it would be. And I started reading the reviews. I started I saw VGC gave it like a three out of five and everything. And I started really looking at it. And one of the biggest complaints that i've seen is that this is not three houses too <laughs> like and it really put it in perspective for me where three houses is you know really you know the, the most notable fire Emblem game to ever come out because it's the highest seller it, it, it really made it popular in the west right because like awakening did its thing here in the west and really added a nice following to fire emblem but it let, let's both be real it was fire it was three houses that really made it oh, a yeah. west title yeah i mean it, it was it's kind of the fact of until kind of like awakening fates and that 
it's like yeah those those came out but they they weren't the big hitters like three houses was partially because i mean they're 3ds games yeah exactly it's like it's like they were ds games yeah everybody just about everybody in the world had a ds or at least every household in the world had a three DS. yeah and 3ds was a little bit more limited on that but it's but the thing is also not everybody was playing wanting to play those type of games yep. on their 3ds they were wanting more casual experiences yeah exactly uh, but you know, obviously, every, with everything good, Three Houses did. I've now come to realize, and I feel like a lot of people have come to realize that Three Houses also, in a sense, had a negative um, impact on the Fire Emblem franchise because it's like people just want more of that. Yeah. You know, while they, this game goes back to more of, in my opinion, Fire Emblem roots. You know, where it's just more of like that action adventure RPG game, tactical RPG game. It, it it takes away from some of the huge, huge social elements that's in Three Houses that everyone loves. So, like, you know, in a sense, I feel like Three House Symbols had a little bit of a negative impact on the franchise because now I'm telling you, like, not, now not every negative review or mixed review immediately credited the fact that it takes away from this from Three Houses. Not every, I mean, there were some mixed negative reviews that just critiqued other things and never mentioned Three Houses. But I, I'm telling you, a majority of reviews referenced Three Houses and basically how this is not a Three Houses 2 in, in, in an extent for various reasons. Yeah. Again, I mean, you're getting you're getting hit with the same similar thing that I complained about last week when it came yeah. to people leaving reviews on stuff. Yep. Is it's not what they wanted. It's not exactly what they wanted. So it gets it's like they they give it either a negative review or a lower review yep. than it should have. Right. But it's also it, it doesn't matter if the if the previous game in the series was everything you hoped it would be. This is a, it's like going into it, everybody should have known. I mean, it was obviously a completely different game. No ties to anything, Yep. really. But I don't know. It's like, it's people seem to get it stuck in their head. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm assuming there's not really the social aspect that was in three houses in this game. Or at least not to the same extent that it was. I would say not to the same extent. It's definitely there. Because it's definitely there. Because, but, yeah, but that was it, a, a it's large, more of a focus that in three houses. Yeah, because three houses, a large focus was building up relationships, so you could bring students from other classes if you wanted to, yep. and raising them up and doing all of this. It was part of the core gameplay mechanic. Yep. Whereas I'm assuming this in in engage, it's not the focus. It's something that you you can do, and it's there, but it's not something that you're kind of required to do. Correct. This one is really more focused on that combat and then just kind of making yeah. it like that action-adventure sort of game yeah. uh, for the RPG elements. Um, you know, and with, you know, with that, there are like uh, some pe- niche people out there as well that's upset from the, I guess, lack of story branches. Everyone was a big fan of how there were multiple stories, and I thought that was cool too. Um, but, you know, this one is one single story. Um, you know, focusing on the, multiple, the, the the three or four countries within the game uh, with your character, the Divine Dragon, and it's the one single story. I don't know if there's going to be altering choices to maybe lead to a couple paths. I, I have only put in a few hours so far. I'm about four hours in on Chapter 5, I think, 5 or 6, um, which, you know, I, I want to stress also saying that I just said I'm four hours in on Chapter 5. The beginning portion of the game is pretty quick. Um, which, which is kind of nice, but I feel like now that I've reached a point where we are now just can, you know, go back to the hub world whenever we want, 
because you know those first few chapters you went to the hub world i think one time and yeah. after that it's, it's like boom 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 yeah. introducing it's just kind of like bang here's all the systems here's yes, everything you correct. need to know now go play exactly the game. now now the game's kind of opened up it, a little bit more where i can kind of go back and forth like that yep five yeah yeah, four hours, five. I'm on. Th- I'm on chapter I was five. Say every time we talk about one of these games, like has like chapter based. Yep. Like, to to break it up, like last was it last week we talked about One Piece. Yeah, One Piece. Because you guys were talking about that, and I was surprised by how long chapter, chapter one, one was. was. Yep. And apparently now this one, it's your chapters less than an hour. Per, oh yeah. Like way less than an hour to be able to fit five chapters in, in about a four hour span. Yeah, chapter one and two is probably thirty minutes a piece, and yeah. it's just entry beginning it's, stuff. It's I always find it fascinating how wild that is. Yeah. Because it's like then you you'll probably have a point later where one chapter takes you five hours. Exactly. And and that's kind of what I anticipate, especially now that I'm really starting to get the gist and laying out the groundwork of uh what this world is going to involve and just the different elements between all the different countries and the and the main like center area that where the divine dragons live and everything. I I'm getting the vibe that it is going to continue to expand going forward. So the one thing that I immediately want to note, and I, I want to stress this because I feel like it is important. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and claim that I am a diehard Fire Emblem fan. Three Houses is legit my first true experience. I bought Awakening when it came out, played 40 minutes. It wasn't really for me. I think I gave you my Awakening because I just wasn't going to play it again. It was... Because I don't have the I don't awake, have mine anymore. Was Awakening one of those ones where they had two versions depending on which one you? Bought? No, that was Fates. Okay, because I had Awakening. Okay, I, I think someone bought a Fates and gave me their copy of it when they didn't want it. Yeah, that one wasn't me because like I've got Awakening. I gave it to someone. I guess I thought it was you, and I just never played it again. Uh, yeah. Fates. Now, see, like for me, Fates and Awakening, I've recently bought, and I I've, I started Fates, and I'm going to continue Fates. I recently bought Path of Radiance. I'm going to go back and play that. Uh, like I'm, I'm now going backwards to th- playing everything, but I'm not going to sit here and claim that I'm a diehard Fire Emblem fan because I feel like that is an insult to diehard Fire Emblem fans who will probably play this game and love it, right? I mean, I'm going to be real. So, But the one first thing that immediately five chapters in, I'm already concerned about, and I, I don't, and I, I went into this game not having any attachments to three houses because I fully understood going into it. This is very two different entities. They don't have the say. Don't have the multiple branching paths and everything. You, you don't have multiple sets of characters to kind of decide who to get from, like like fates and uh, three houses did. Like you have your cast of characters, and you know this is your game. Man, five chapters in, I am not attached to any of these characters which is kind of concerning already because that's one of the key elements to these games is not just the gameplay, but like you begin to really fall in love with these characters and enjoy like talking to them and stuff and like wanting to do these support. I have not gotten attached to anyone yet, which sucks because for me with three houses, and I'm sure you can probably agree, it was almost instantly. You like your, your first introduction to your house leaders, you're like, oh, these, you know, just the first general few co- little bits of text from them. Like, okay, this is kind of, they're, they're already kind of intriguing. And then when you get to, you know, further meet all the house characters, when the house leader tells you about all of them, like you get attached to these characters so quick. Like they are very engaging characters. You know what I mean? And I'm not, and I'm not going to sit here and say that every character in this game is not super engaging. Like there are elements about them that is entertaining for one reason or another. But so far the characters that I've been introduced to and have now joined the party, I'm just personally not attached to uh, any of them. It, it could be the factor of the fast-paced nature of the beginning of the game. That doesn't, is, that doesn't could give be, them yeah. a chance to do it, and it, it could open up from there. Because on the opposite side, where three houses, yeah, you did become attached to characters almost like in the first like one to f- one to three interactions. You pretty yep. much knew if you were a fan of this character, if you weren't going to use this character, and, and things like that. Yep. But the the difference there is since that 
since the core gameplay of that game was relationship building and yeah. that, it, it's like it probably had a lot more emphasis on that. Also, I mean, let's be real, Three Houses is a much slower paced game. Yep. In the beginning of it, at least, it sounds like, because from what you're saying, you five chapters in four hours. Yep. Hell, you you get through the intro and two, like, the the school in, like, an hour and a half yep. in that game. So it's like you're going through just sequences of dialogue constantly yep. in that game. And, you know, and, and I feel like that's a good way to put it because so far you are right, you know, going through so much content so quickly, there's so much thrown at you very fast where it's like you haven't gotten a chance to really get attached yeah. to anyone. Really, like the only characters that you could arguably some maybe have gotten attached to already is the first three because they're literally there when you wake up. Yeah. Uh, which is like, you know, basically they're all your stewards. There's one guy uh, who named Vander, like the older man that we saw in the leaks and stuff. He's basically like the steward. You know, his family has watched over the Divine Dragons for X amount of years. He's like the 32nd steward. And then there's two twins who are also stewards to the Divine Dragons. Those are the first three characters you immediately get introduced to. So you've had some more time with them, but since then you get introduced to uh, Alfred, who is the prince of another country, Fenir. And, you know, I feel like that's going to kind of really push to being kind of a, an important character. But then you immediately, with him, you get two of his stewards that just get thrown into your lap and thrown into your party. You get introduced to her, you know, his sister, which is going to seem to be a major character as well, as well as her two stewards that just get thrown in your lap. Yeah. And, like, all basically those four steward characters, it's like already it's like, okay, I... Like, okay, we have big buff, brutally fighter. We have, okay, your knight character. We have a Valkyrie and we have an archer. But it's like personality-wise, there's nothing there yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, they fit general personas. I was, I, from the sound of it, I would almost say it seems it seems like a conscious decision, in a sense, uh, just based on the... Or it could just be a conscious decision used to kind of be the palate cleanser almost to take people and go, this is not three houses. This is yep. a different type of game. This is more back we're, to the roots like, of fire. We are introducing you to characters and then, but it, it's like to get them introduced, but we're mainly here to show you, here's what you're going to be doing for the next 20, 30, 40 hours, however long you play. Yeah, exactly. And I definitely see where there is a large emphasis, obviously. I mean, there's this is very clear. This is not surprising. A large emphasis on these emblem characters. Because obviously, it's, it's, it's returning characters. You know, it's, it's your protagonist. It's main characters. So there is an emphasis on them where they, they're living, breathing characters. Like, you can go talk to them at your, your hub world. They're involved with, you know, certain of the main ones, like Marth and Sigurd and stuff like that, you know, are involved in a lot of cutscenes, as I'm sure all 12 emblems will be. You know, the DLC ones, which I actually... I haven't. I don't, actually don't know how to get them. Like, I got the notification that I have them. I guess I have to go do something special to get them. Because, like, even now in Chapter Five, I just got access to the world map too. World map and hub world both got available to me in Chapter Five. But I definitely see where there's. You know, I feel like maybe for this game they are putting a large emphasis on these emblem characters because they're returning characters. Like even like when setting up the lore of the world, which for the record has an unbelievably beautiful art piece that I would love to have as a wallpaper on my computer. Like the, where it's like you know it shows the the country that we're in with all the different like different landscapes and stuff, and then around it is a nice wheel similar to the wheel of the crest in three houses. But each of the wheel is the R12 emblem character. So there's a large emphasis on these characters being returning characters. Like they're returning to this game. Which is fair. I get that. I totally get that. But I feel like, in a sense, also, it does maybe take away from some other elements. It's yeah. The having the having the returning characters be integral to like the plot more so than just like a 
some device used in combat or like for yeah. some lore and which stuff I do like, like by the way. Well, I do like they are involved with the plot like that. Well, I don't know. It almost it almost kind of could tear away from it in a sense yeah. because you it's like at the end of the day it's like these Fire Emblem fans who know these characters and have played the games that they're from before. It's like they may it's like they may be more excited to see their favorite characters return than they yeah. are for whoever the main characters are. So if it's like for them for them personally, if their favorite character who's an emblem character isn't as involved as they want to be, mm-hmm. it's like they may not enjoy it as much. They'll still enjoy it. Right. But it almost seems like you have they're because of that, they they have to balance between, okay, here's all of the new characters we're trying to introduce and, yep. and have you give a shit about Get attached but also to, yeah. here's 12 of our most famous characters mm-hmm. like from our previous games exactly so it, it, it's a weird line right now yeah. you know this early it, it, on it seems like a weird balancing act that they're yeah. having to, that they had to play with there and one plus side to this as well though is that i i do feel like it's going to be pretty spaced out on how much the emblem characters get like involved in your story because obviously you, you know to start the game you immediately get a pretty sweet animation sequence of where our main character already has marth and already knows how to use the emblem and everything and you see other main characters using their emblems you get a nice appearance from sigurd you get a nice appearance from ike uh, i think roy made an appearance it's like all like fan service opening cutscene. you see him beat the main baddie and then it's like no context behind all this it's like they beat the main baddie and then he goes into a slumber uh and then when he wakes in the slumber con- you know trademark oh i don't have my memories and you kind of explore from there but now that we are back into this you know, current presence world where the main baddie is coming back, all the emblem rings, they are all spread out across the entire nation. Each country has a ring that is entrusted to them, and you basically have to kind of gather the rings to an extent. So like right off the bat, you know, you, you get Marth, you get Sigurd. Uh, when you go to Fenir, you get um, um, Silica, who is from the, the Echoes of Valentina, that the remake one. And now the next one that I'm going to is another uh, uh, apparently the the little ooh rug you know pull out the rug from underneath you Fenir got two rings a second one in secrecy so you're going to get that one I don't know what character it's going to be yet because like you know that each of the rings have like their own special name like Mars is the emblem of beginnings I'm assuming cause it's the first fucking game you know uh, Silicos for example is the emblem of Echoes Echoes of Valentina yeah. so like okay I, I can see where we're where we're going with this uh, but that that is going to be kind of interesting to see the pacing on everything and see where all the rings come back into play. And also in an extent, what rings going to get shafted where you get them like last and maybe you get maybe super late in the game where you don't get to do a whole lot with them. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Byleth's going to be very late in the game because it's the newest, newest game, newest character, most recent. So I'm kind of curious the pacing. It would be funny if they just kind of threw Byleth in the middle and they're like, yeah, here you go. It's like, It's like some other character gets shafted. It's like, well, what the fuck? It's like, well, yeah, this is what it's like. The new, this is the new hotness that everybody's on. Yeah, that's what everyone's on about. What's up, Shane? Shane's over there at Twitch checking us out. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, So I, you know, I want to stress though, you know, talking about like the lack of uh, character attachment. Like while it's so far my one of my downsides, at this moment, I'm not going to say there is a hard negative to the game as I, I progress. Could be, yeah. I mean, if if the if I don't get truly attached to these characters in a few more chapters, eh, then I feel like we have an issue. But I will also say one little little tidbit, and I didn't I didn't go out of my way to look for this. I was actually going to play this game completely spoiler free. I did have one spoiler come across my timeline, and it kind of sucks because it's like 
it's so predictable. Like re- literally as the game is starting in the first few cut scenes that you see and stuff, I already thought, is this this? And then sure enough, it is. I'm like, oh, well, okay, that's super fucking predictable, but whatever. I mean, I don't expect it to be super, super secret, but it, it, I will say one major plot point is mega predictable, which is uh, kind of unfortunate. Uh, now, and talking about, you know, just the pure gameplay, the gameplay feels so good as it was rumored to be, where it's like, this is this team's intelligent system's second run with this engine where you saw like a yeah, little clonkiness to three houses at times. This one is unbelievably smooth. It feels fun to play. And that's one of the main things is that, you know, while I'm not getting attached to the characters so far, I'm having so much fun just playing the game. Oh. Using the emblems is super cool. Every emblem has like, you has like their own unique transformation that gets attached to the character, which is super cool. Like when you, um, uh, use Mars, for example, he, uh, you know, every character gets like a, a slight color tone change to them. They basically get a special weapon from said character, but then like other aspects about them, like in the, uh, when you do Mars case, uh, your character essentially, I, the only way I can relate it is that he essentially gets like, uh, like angel wings that kind of look like maybe like a angel from Diablo, like Tyrael's wings. So that looks pretty cool. Uh, Sigurd, when you transform him, he gets like, uh, some really large wings where it's like, there's like, uh, energy gears or fans in the wings. Uh, Silica has like three energy sort of gear things kind of, so like, I'm looking forward to seeing every design. Uh, now those designs do just apply to every character. It does not change per character. Granted, you know, referring to your actual units, uh, cause I've already put Sigurd on two different, the, the ring of Sigurd, you can put it on any character. Your, your character, Alir, does not have to have Marth. You can give him any ring you want. You can give him no ring. You can give the most random-ass character the Marth ring. It does not matter. The bonding still works all the same. Uh, every, every unit has their own unique color tone change, yes, but in terms of, like, the actual, the extra aesthetics of, like, the wings and the weapon, that's the same across the board. It doesn't change per character, but it still looks cool. It's a three-turn mechanic. It's available pretty much at the start of your match, and you really do need to kind of pace out when to use it, because one thing, I'm, I'm kind of curious on Zach's thoughts, knowing Zach, he's going to be like, you struggled? Uh, knowing him, but, like, I will say I'm playing on hard difficulty. There is actually a legitimate challenge. Like, even doing three houses for the first time on hard Maybe a, maybe a, a single battle or two I can recall in the game where it's like, okay, yeah, fuck that battle. But other than that, not that bad. And even going on Twitter, this common thing is, yeah, the hard difficulty actually gives you a challenge this time. I'm like, okay, so never playing maddening mode. Got it. Oh, yeah. uh, so, that, mean, so that is kind of nice. And I am, I really, I legitimately have to think about every single move a lot more than I did in Three Houses. Well, that's the thing. Like you said, it's their second attempt at it. And yeah, Three Houses, the, the gameplay itself was fun. The ta- like, because it's, I mean, it's a tactics game. Yep. You, the tactics portion of it, like, all the battles have to be solid. But the thing was, Three Houses wasn't, it's like the reason Three Houses sold so much and why everybody loved it wasn't because of the battle system in it. It's like, yeah, it was good, but it wasn't the best we've ever seen. It wasn't anything over the top. Good. Right. It was the rest of the game that sold everybody on Three Houses. Yep. So now, when they're moving away from what made three houses what it was, you you would better hope that they've they've gone like okay now we know now we know the challenge people have with the battle system yep. or like where to kind of tune it to because they have years of people playing it and with all the DLCs and everything they mm-hmm. they added to three houses, so they're like okay well we now we have all this data about how the combat system and that. So if we're not going to focus as much on the character building and social aspect of it, let's take all this information we got and make a make the battle system great. 
Yeah, and that's a hundred percent what they've done. You know, just from just how fluid it is, how nice it looks, going from spot to spot. It doesn't really, it doesn't have any of that clunkiness you feel moving your unit around. It's just, it's so fluid, it's so smooth, and then also the, just the difficulty of it. Um, you know, like I never felt like I had a lot of a challenge in three houses on, until I played Madding. Maddening was brutal to me. Uh, I'm also not a great tactics player. I just play for have a good time for the most part. But like even oh, yeah. in the hard mode, it, like I like I said, I only recall a few missions per house run where it's like, oh yeah, that mission sucks. But so far, you know, I have had a legitimate challenge. Uh, now that I've gotten past the first few chapters, first few chapters are fine. Um, but now that I'm past those first few chapters, kind of getting out into the world, I'm definitely sensing more of a challenge, which which is cool. I'm excited for that. Um, you know, but you know, for the general story, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Hero defeats Baddie. Baddie comes back. Hero has yeah. to wake back up, regather the rings, regather your yeah. squad, and it's, beat Baddie. It's the class. I mean, it's it's classic. It's, it's, it's classic. a classic story. Can't hero we hero reawakens has to go collect power to fight yeah. bad guy. Yeah, which yeah, it's classic story. Kind of hard to mess it up. So like, like know, I said I, before, I'm, I'm attached like, to it so far. Like I said, uh, like a week or two ago when I was talking about free spoken, it's like just because it's a cliche doesn't mean it's anything wrong. Exactly. Because it's that way because it works. It, yep. People enjoy playing it. There's so it's what you do with that basic storyline and how you build around it that matters. Yeah. Um, now, now I will also add now that I've gotten access to the hub world, uh, I was doing some exploring on that earlier. Cause even the first time you get access to it, there's a lot of rooms that are locked, you know, like the arena and just like the multiple areas yeah. that you can't get it's into. Like it's like, here you go. Here's the area. Now go do stuff to unlock all this. Exactly. So now that I've gotten there, like the, one of the first things I did was go check out the, uh, the arena, uh, where as of now it gives me three opportunities to do a training between character and character, which will also raise their yeah. support. It's just a quick thing. It takes like maybe five seconds to see them battle each other. Uh, and it raises their support where it can help raise levels. And you, then you can also do emblem training, which so far it hasn't prompted me with you can only do this so many times. Like it, I'm just I'm able to do it over and over again so far. It's, prob I, it's probably one of those where it's like they, depending on where you are in the yep. story, it's like yeah, you could probably just sit there and do that all day mm -hmm. long if you really wanted to, but it's going to have such diminishing returns as you level up. Yeah, it will because you know you you and I'm kind of curious how exactly to further go about it because like you know whatever character you pick, like you pick. You know, uh, Celine, who is uh, the Fareen princess, uh, Fener princess, who has the silica ring, whatever. You know, you pick her to train her with silica. Silica fucking one shots her. And then, since, you know, you, the training is supposed to be for Celine, it does prompt you with the loss, but you still get some experience from it. But you get more experience of your character. But you have no control if they win or lose. Like, it just depends on your character level and stuff. Like, you know, because it, it's all automated. It just happens. Um, but, you know, that's just, that's quick ways to help gain customer uh, character support and bonding with the rings because you bond with the rings and you can continue to level up the rings. And the more bond level that you get for every character, you can also purchase bond levels through uh, bond fragments, which you can get in various ways by uh, uh, completing general game achievements that you'll get easy like oh defeat 40 enemies oh yeah you know train with an emblem just, character for just, the first time it's just like your milestone yeah it is it's all your milestone stuff that's going to happen in the game but it is nice when games are like you're going to be doing this so we might as well we might as well put some sort of incentive here for yep. you because it's like it's going to happen regardless of if we have something here for you but it's always a nice feeling when yep. when when you see that developers are like yeah, you're going to do that. We might as well add something in there, whether it be 
like ancillary to the rest of the game or it be a core gameplay thing or mm-hmm. something you need for advancing the story. Yeah. One little touch that I actually kind of like, but I like it for now. I could see where it's going to get tedious later on is after you complete missions, like main missions and stuff, you don't just immediately go on to the next chapter or the next cutscene. I mean, you'll go through whatever cutscenes, but once that's all kind of wrapped up a little bow on it, you actually like just pop into a small little hub world to walk around in and talk to all the characters that were part of this battle, like all of your unit characters and maybe other sort of characters. Like one of the first missions that you do is once you get to Fenir, um, the Corrupted, which is essentially your standard basic bitch, you know, uh, enemy units, they're attacking a village. Once you complete this and save the village, you're in that village. And you can just, you know, kind of just walk around and talk to the villagers, get maybe some extra items. If you talk to all your units, um, you know, you get more of the bond fragments, which you can use later. So that's why I feel like it could be a little tedious because it's just... You want the you want the extra bond fragments, but like, it's just like, like that's going to be tedious. It's not. If, it's a if, nice touch, the, but it's going to be tedious yeah, later. It's going to be tedious for you because you're the player that you're going to do that, and then you're going to sit there and you're going to slowly read everything that they say. Yep. And go through it. Meanwhile, if I was the person doing that, I'd be like, I'm like, I'm just here for the fragments. Yeah, and then just <laughs> you know, then you hit the portal and go to the next chapter, essentially. You know, because so far it's done that for the last two missions I've done for the village one, and then also going to the castle. Once you finish up that mission, you you're in like the main throne room, and you can just go around and talk to your. So it's a nice touch, but I can see where it's going to be tedious later. Uh, now, one of my biggest selling points so far for the social aspects that we do have, while I'm not super attached to characters yet. This does add a, a phenomenal dynamic that I absolutely loved in Three Hopes. And that is the fact that we are now back to a portion where we have a talking protagonist. You know, because in Three Houses, it was very obviously one-dimensional. You choose your dialogue choice, which is kind of nice. Makes you feel like you're more in control of the character. But it, him never, you know, she, you know, he or her never being involved with the conversations itself always kind of felt a little like true RPG. Yes. But once you get to experience on the other side, like let's say three hopes or other fire moments where your character's actively involved with all the conversations, I don't know. It just, it, it, it make, it does make some conversations a lot more entertaining to me. I, I mean, for, for the people that like that's, that's a, that's a plus to you. Great. Yeah. I place, I play enough games where there's no dialogue I, at me all. Me too. Me too. It's like, I, I, a lot of the games I play, it's like, yeah, there's some dialogue. It's like there'll be some dialogue, or it'll be just completely silent or something like that, or it'll just be noises being made yeah, yeah. while the characters are talking. There's no actual voice lines. It's like that. I fu- I've found over the years that's less engaging for me personally. Right. But it is a nice yeah, touch fair. for those people that do enjoy their main, like their main character actually having a voice yeah like i i just feel like for the couple of uh supports that i've already got to 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 watch it's just made you know it's made me laugh like there's been some back and forth that's made me chuckle and just stuff like that and that that's what i enjoy about it that's a little maybe a little bit different from what three houses was. and it was the same way i felt with three hopes with our main character in that game uh don't remember his name uh being you know being an actively voiced character i mean and the voice thing that's not the end of the world i'm fine with text as well obviously uh, but just like them being involved with the conversation is pretty cool um, yeah, so it, I, ha- I have enjoyed that aspect so yeah. far but i understand what you're saying yeah, it's yeah. Like when when the when the rest of the cast is voice acted and then you have the one character who's not it can be a it's like i can see where people get a little off put by that yeah 
So I, I do I do enjoy that quite a bit. Um, and in terms of like just uh you know just I, you know I want to touch on it because I like touching on this uh, aspect of games graphically. It looks great. I mean you know you, everything like I've already said with intelligence having a second shot at this system, <coughs> they've improved in every capacity. I mean the game looks very very clean and polished. You know, first it, person to say that about a Switch game. I know, right? Uh, I, I will say the game <laughs> has no. Um, issues with running except for one time only and it's ironically in the loading screen because you know how like with three with three houses had the little reloading screen mini game whatever we have kind of the same thing where it's like the loading screen where you see all the pixel characters running across the land bro that thing almost i feel like it's gonna crash the game sometimes but <laughs> you're like it it, it it trucks during the loading screen everything else is run fine though <laughs> like i've had no issues anywhere else uh, but no, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the, the few hours I've played. It's just I'm hoping to get more attached to the characters as time goes on. But I do feel like there is such an emphasis in other areas where it, that may be a little yeah. bit of a lackluster, it, it, which is fine. Yeah, that, that's like more that, that's going to be the part of the game, game is. That's, that's lacking. It's like they it's like I can very much see them them being like, well, we, we did that last time. Now, this time we want to we want to focus on giving people the best combat experience they can have which 100 percent is there because i mean the combat to me you know just on a you know s to f tier i mean it's like it's like a solid like s plus combat is very very good and it feels good other areas that's where it kind of lacks like the social aspect so far c plus b minus you know um like the hub world it's fine it kind of uh, I'm not going to sit here and say I, it reminds me similar to like a Three Houses. I feel like a Three Houses had a lot more. I kind of relate it more to like uh, a smaller version of the Hub World of Midnight Suns, honestly. That was the vibe I got Hub running World around. Was fucking massive, that was though. massive. It's a lot smaller than that. But like that's the sort of vibe where it's like, you know, with uh, Hub World and um, uh, Three Houses, there's a million things to do. You know what I mean? Like from the just eating lunch, going gardening or fishing or what. There's a million things to do. So far, those million million things are not there yet maybe i'll get more as time goes on i have the arena i found the amiibo gazebo whatever uh i found you know like the farming area which you can adopt pets which is cool i have a dog and a sheep now so that's cool i guess uh you know just other areas to go around just talk to your characters and you know you have all the shops in the center hub so i'm going to continue to explore it and see what else there is going to be able to do because three house i feel like really had a lot to do on your off days where this one not so much so far but I mean, overall, I mean, the game is very good. Like, like I said, a diehard Fire Emblem fan is probably going to really enjoy this game. If you have only played Three Houses and you absolutely love it, which Three Houses is one of my favorite games of all time, top 10 for me, with the amount of times I've played the damn game and will continue to play it in the future, uh, I'm still happy with this game because I already went into it knowing it's not another Three Houses. Yeah. I knew it was going to be a very different experience, but it's just a Fire Emblem game. So I've enjoyed it so far. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to continuing the game and, and seeing where the story is going to continue to go, even though I predicted one of the main plot points just because it was so fucking obvious to me. And I, it only got revealed to me by accident in my timeline. Well, sounds like you're saying six out of ten. <laughs> right now, <laughs> I don't know. I'd give it probably a 7.5 out of ten right now. That could very, yeah. that could very easily change. Yeah, it's hard, hard to judge a game games like that, too. Yeah. On the first like on the opening sections of the game. Yeah, it is. So, like I said, 7.5 for now. It, I have a feeling it's going to probably go up. Um, I'm going to open this now because this is really cool. I did, I, I wanted, I did want to show this off uh, if anyone can maybe somehow get their hands on it. So the first thing I want to point out with this, I'm going to go full screen here for me, is that the front has like a nice, like, nice uh, texture to it, which is pretty cool. 
you know, you have the little symbol on the back and everything. Um, I do already have like the main, it does come with a standard game case as you would expect, as well as Steelbook, uh, the standard game case I already have in the house. Uh, Steelbook looks very clean, has a nice like shine to it, <coughs> which is pretty sick uh, on the interior. It's just a map of the, map of the world which is a pretty good size world. I like it. Uh, on the back, uh, basically, all these symbols on the back is essentially for all of the, the ring characters. So kind of how like we had the, the wheel of all the crests and stuff. Uh, now, this is one of my favorite parts of it. It's a little book of cards. Uh, the, the reason why I like this thing so much is because it's of all of the ring characters, but it's in their original arts. It's not like updated for this game. It's like, first off, there's Ike, his original arc from like Path of Radiance. You know, another example, we'll flip to, uh, like, Corrin here from, uh, from Fates. Same thing. That's Fates art. That's not this game. Um, you know, Byleth. You know, we have three houses arts. Uh, very nice little cards. And, if, you know, let's give it a little bit more old school Hashtag here. Hashtag not my Byleth. Basically. You know, Sigurd. I mean, that's the genealogy of Holy War. That's never even come over here to us. That's very old art. Um, yeah, you like the female Byleth. Uh, where's, uh, where's, my, where's my boy? Where is my boy? Where's Roy? Oh, there he is. You know, Roy, same thing, old art. So I do like, I do like that. That is a pretty nice touch of uh, where it's all of the old arts. Uh, the, if you pre-ordered it as well, you also get the tarot cards, which comes with a nice little box uh, that I will never put the cards back into because, Jesus Christ, it is impossible to get out. But uh, it is pretty sweet, you know, tarot cards of each of the emblem characters, and they do even come with a little guide uh, to tell you what each of the card means. So if you want to read someone's fortune, you can. Uh, and then the actual box that comes in in itself is pretty sweet. On the back of it, it does have a map of the world. On the sides, it has pixel characters of the emblem rings, as well as some pixel characters on the ends of some main characters. A nice poster, of course, that I'm going to hang up at some point. And then uh, a very beautifully drawn art book, which has all sorts of character arts in the game, including uh, original designs, because one art that I did see on Twitter is that apparently the main character was originally supposed to have black and white hair, which is somewhere in this book. Uh, for hundred bucks, totally worth it. Totally worth it. This is this is a very cool uh, collector's edition that I'm I'm super pumped to have. And I'll be honest, even though I knew it was coming with all this stuff, I didn't know the fucking box was that big when he pulled it out. I'm like, God damn! <laughs> I did not know it was that big. Um, but yeah, it is pretty sick though. I am pretty I'm pretty happy with this. But yeah, no, seriously, if you get the tarot card, just take them out of the box and never put it back in this box because I, I think I've, I've da already damaged the box trying to get the damn cards out. You know, my girlfriend tried it too, where we, we could not get the freaking cards out of this stupid box. It was an absolute nightmare. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the Divine Edition is pretty sick. I wanted to show it off. I might, I might put the, the box out here in, in studio. I don't know. Or I'm, this one may be an office piece. I have not decided yet. But no, uh, Fire Emblem uh, Engage. Uh, pretty fun so far. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, looking forward to playing more. Let's go back to two camps. Uh, let's head over to the next thing we got lined up. I just realized I don't even have the, the script pulled up, even though I know what the next thing is. Uh, so the next thing we're going to chat about, we already, you know, we already gave like our favorite memory last week, just because it was, oh, you it was a give slow your week. Favorite memory of someone after they die. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's so savage. <laughs> that's amazing. I love. <laughs> that's one of the best jokes you've said in a while. <laughs> Oh my I mean, god! I mean, it's the only way to really look yeah. at it. 
is there's there's no recovering the fall of Halo. And when I say that, I mean Halo. I don't just mean Halo Infinite, ladies and gentlemen. I mean the franchise, the the fall of the franchise. So like there was a, a lot of news this week. There was a lot of layoffs at Microsoft, ranging from like you know general stuff like marketing, Microsoft Edge division, and something else. Uh, but then shockingly. Bethesda was on there. A lot of layoffs at Bethesda as well as 343. Uh, when it comes to 343, they've lost over, I think it's like, let's see, 80 employees, over 60 employees so far. Uh, they've the, the campaign team is pretty much destroyed. There is not a campaign team anymore. Any sort of single-player content that was being worked on for Infinite is now postponed. Uh, any major updates in the future besides anything that's planned uh, is also been postponed. Apparently, the planned content is supposedly still coming out as planned. At this point, I mean, we're, dude, the game's been out for like what almost two years, and the we're problem, just now getting to season three in say, March. The problem is, as planned, also doesn't mean anything because the plan has changed thirty-seven times. Yeah, I know. Um, and then also with this, apparently the plan is, uh, with just the game in general, is that three four three will continue to do general updates and stuff on the multiplayer, and then they are looking to basically outsource any future Halo projects to other developers. Some that were named was like Skybox Labs, uh, Spearsoft, and of course, Certain Affinity, who we're pretty sure they're the ones doing the Halo BR. Yeah. Um, but Halo is just like, I saw a lot of people comment where it's just like, how could Microsoft let this happen to the pr- franchise that made them their brand? You know what I mean? Like, how could it get this far? Yeah, the... I was sitting over here and I was thinking about it and I'm like, man, you know, sometimes sometimes developers just need to let something go. Mm-hmm. And it's like I understand not wanting to let Halo go because it's one of the I mean it's the, one of the cornerstones of gaming itself. Right. It's what everybody from our generation it like grew up playing. Yep. It's like we all we all played uh various iterations of Halo, like fucking crazy. And the, it's like we, we've we been... That's why we were so excited when Halo Infinite multiplayer dropped, and we were so excited when we got our hands on it, because we're like, it feels like a modern Halo. Yep. But then all the problems started setting in, and delays kept happening, and like... The chink, I don't think Forge is still out. The chinks I in could the, be wrong. The chinks in the armor started breaking through, like, the, the nostalgia view that we were in. Yep. And the yeah the the problem is man. In, now instead of Halo just being something that kind of slowly, like as the games went on, they they were less and less exciting. We didn't care for them as much, and it was kind of like this slow, kind of like slow degradation of the Halo name. But when it like after Halo Five, it was still there. It was yep. still Halo. Now we have this whole infinite situation going on where it's just it's left a bad taste in every single person who's touched its mouth. Mm-hmm. And the problem is now, instead of having like a less than god tier Halo being the last thing that we saw with like Halo Four, Halo Five, and stuff like that, they I mean Halo Four was I mean it was a decent game in its, it's own right, right? It, but it wasn't it wasn't like the previous games were. And then we had Halo 5, which, I mean... I fell it, off. It is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Not, it's not what we, what we were really hoping for with the game. Uh, but then we've just got this slowly bleeding out and just shitting on the name of Halo 
constantly happening. Yep. And it's it it's rough to see. It's depressing to see. It it's rough to see <laughs> what was th- like hell even like 10, 10 years ago or so thought to be like an undeniable like you cannot mess up this name in gaming to now we're like how are you gonna mess it up this time <laughs> now, now it's like man could have just could just let it be yeah could just <laughs> let it be now you, it's like you just it's like you're just dragging it through the mud at this point it really is and one thing that i'm gonna say that i i, I think we really need to keep an, an eye out for is man, if if this Halo BR comes out and is real, and certain affinities is the one that's been working on, like we've seen every leak and rumor about, and let's say it's an actual banger, not because it's a BR, not because it's a BR, but it's like it's it's just a good game, a good BR, a good Halo themed BR. Like I feel like Microsoft's got to look at this for maybe a little bit and be like, well, you know, you know, they're already kind of talking about maybe outsourcing more Halo projects to other companies. Maybe maybe they should do that more. Maybe let another studio take a swing. Because 343, let me stress this, everyone. I am not an idiot. Neither is John. We are aware that 343 is made up of original Bungie devs. We understand that. We know it's not just some random, odd, uh, ragtag group of devs. We know this. But 343 is a studio led by the, the people that's leading it and led by Microsoft. They've had three cracks at this game and have three strikes are out. You've missed all three. Should Microsoft really take a look at doing more studios to take a swing at a full-fledged Halo game, not just a BR? Because if certain affinities BR is awesome, I feel like that's going to further put that thought in their head. I, I mean, it might, but at this point, I don't want to see another Halo game. <laughs> oh, man. Let it die. <laughs> I don't know if I want to see another Halo game because we've got nothing but... I mean, it's been nothing but bad news since like a month after the... Uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer came out basically, and then we had like two weeks of bliss. And that was it. Because the other <laughs> thing is, I mean, you you say three four threes had they've had three shots at it and they've they've missed all three of them. Yep. It's not even just that because remember three four three is also the people who were behind the uh, Master Chief collection. Uh, that is true. And, That's and right. The Master Chief collection was a good shit point, show for point. three years. Good point. Good point. Three years or more, it was unusable. That's so true. So it's like every. Almost every little aspect of of Halo since it transitioned away from Bungie, it's just been a nightmare. Yeah. Even Bungie's spinoff game was great. ODST. <laughs> I will reach as well. I know it's a spinoff, but yeah. ODST was a true spinoff. <laughs> but it's just the fact that, man, 343's had their chances with it. Yeah. It's like the, the problem is, yeah, like you said, it's it's made up of original Bungie people and then a bunch of new people that have been brought on to it and that as well. It's not, it's not the people working on the game that are, that's the problem. It's, it's the leadership. It's the, it's the people telling them what they're supposed to make. Yeah. It's, it's the, the person standing at the front going, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, it's just rough to see all this happening. But yeah, I mean, it, if they handed it off to another another developer to take a run at it, I mean, even then, you may end up with a decent game. But it's like the more it kind of gets handed off, or more people get their hands on it, the less it's gonna let the less it's gonna feel Halo. But at this point, that may not be a bad thing. 
Right. Really kind of change it up a little bit. The, the problem is the the more you start I mean you can't you can't release the same type of game that came out with like Halo three back like Halo two, Halo three back in the heyday of Halo. Yeah, yeah. You can't release that anymore because it's too slow paced. Everybody's used to these faster paced games. But at the same time you can't change it up too much because then then you have a like they tried to do that with Halo Five. They tried mm-hmm. to add in all these little aspects of it to make the game like move Feel around, give yeah. you give you some different aspects. Of, nobody gave a shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like people wanted a modern feeling Halo. We got that with multiplayer, but the problem is everything that's happened. Right. It's not just make it faster paced, make it feel Halo, give us something that we want. Because then if you don't deliver, it's like if you deliver initially and then fail to deliver after that, that's what's happened with Halo Infinite. And it's it's one of the worst ways you can deliver a game. Yeah. Halo Infinite was a, a, was a dumpster fire coming out with just the amount of delays. That's, I mean, it took like a full year for even just fucking campaign co-op to come to the freaking game. Well, yeah. The, but like I said, the problem with it is you hit everybody with that initial bang we're back yep. everybody gets that feeling and then a month goes by and everybody's like okay show us what you got and they go nothing <laughs> get over it and you know i, I one thing to also kind of throw out there when it comes to that is like you know the game's obviously the multiplayer is free to play so it's it, it is obviously more of a live service game it's got the battle pass and everything uh, and as we've, we've talked about before, it does. It definitely felt like you know, um, 343 was not ready for it to be a live service. I feel like that's a pretty late in the game development um, in, in terms of turning it that way from up the top well, of the leadership. But Even the live service aspect of it, I mean, all that really was was the cosmetic side of it and there being a battle pass to it. Yeah. Everything else, every, every other aspect of it, of like having a multiplayer and then periodically having events go on mm-hmm. or like have rotating game modes and stuff like that shit we were doing that in halo 3 yeah and that's actually where i was gonna go with that is that you know when it came to halo 3 we had constant events right we had like you know griff ball would pee like almost every weekend or every other weekend uh, i think there was infection playlist there was yeah. double xp weekends but like in terms of like content for the game it wasn't a fast release and, it, and i, I want to point that out because you know you already kind of touched on it where it's like people are now more used to this more fast-paced game. And it's just kind of where we are in society in general where people are more used to a lot of content coming out frequently. You know, you know. I mean, I feel like you could agree to that. When it came to Halo 3, like, the, let's say the map packs, there were there was pretty lengthy releases, between, like a year or two plus or anything. But, like, there was mo- long well, months of release between them well, where, yeah. where we were fine with just well, playing the game over and over that, again. With that, you got to remember, too, because I came into Halo 3, like, a year in mm-hmm. is when I, when I got my 360 and got into Halo 3. So I, I got into it and was like, oh, there's four map packs available. Right. And I just picked them all up at once. Yeah. Or, or, or like had to wait on like one map pack or something to come out. But yeah, it was also just, we didn't have, part of the problem is we didn't have as much choice back then because Halo was kind of in a league of its own and didn't really have a lot to compete with uh, because there was the, there was also the point when you'll remember Modern Warfare 2 came out yep. and the Halo numbers, because they, they would, like, in the lobby, they would, or, like, when you went to select your game mode, they would have posted how many players were online. Yep. And it was, like, it would go from 2 million and then Modern Warfare 2 came out and it was, like, 
one million or eight hundred thousand or one point two million or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like until one of the other games that came out that's considered to be one of the, if not the best in its franchise, came out that drew people away from it then. Mm-hmm. But even then, back then we were conditioned to play we would pick our game and play we would play thing. and we would play that game relentlessly. Would you sit down and play twenty games of Slayer on a on a Saturday like today? Nope, not anymore. And, but I, I, it's like we used to do that. That's, I know. that's the way games used to be. Now yeah. we're like, I'll sit down and play three games of Slayer, and then I'm gonna go. It's like I'll go get off my PC or my Xbox, and I'll go play my Switch for a little bit, or I'll sit down and watch a movie or something. Yep. But it's like, yep, that just used to be the way gaming was. You would pick up whatever your FPS of choice was. And you would play 20 matches of it, regardless of if you switch between game modes or something. Mm-hmm. It was still, you're just playing 20 matches of Slayer. Yeah, yeah. Like, Slayer, Deathmatch, Control, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was just, that was the game that was released. That doesn't fly these days. No. That doesn't, that doesn't come close to flying. It's like the only, one of the only games left that has something like that that comes out periodically is Call of Duty. Yep. And even their sale, it's like they sell a shitload, but people don't. It's like nowadays, yeah, a lot of people like the Call of Duty gameplay loop. They'll continue to play it, but hell, there's a lot of people now that they play the Call of, they play the Call of Duty base game with like uh, Deathmatch and Hardpoint and all that shit. They play that, a lot of them, to unlock the skins for the guns in Warzone. Mm-hmm. It's like that's it's like, but they've inter- integrated that system together in a way that just keeps keeps feeding itself. Right. Which is honestly impressive. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and you're and you're totally right. That's just we're we're in a different era of gaming. You know what I mean? And and that same sort of uh, era that we were in before. Like it's just it's not a thing anymore. Yeah. And we've seen that. The, it's like the we only, felt that the only game I can sit down and I can just play like play fifteen matches of or something back to back if I'm feeling it is Rocket League. But that's a completely different type of game because yep. it's dynamically changing the entire time. Right. But jumping in and playing an FPS for sitting down and playing it for like four hours, just Slayer. Don't have it in me anymore. Or like (laughs) Capture the Flag or some shit like that. Hell no. Don't have it in me. I'm going to sit down and play a shooter for more than an hour or two. You got to throw me a, uh, you got to throw me a curveball or something. Make it a BR. Make it some sort of, make it something unique. Right. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to do it these days. I, I, I'm the same way. I mean, mo- for the most part, FPS games, I just don't play anymore. I mean, I'll, I, I'd still yeah, maybe I'm like play the, Halo. I'm, but yeah, like, hello, of, of, of us here, I'm like the last remaining FPS player. You I, really I, are. I play them infrequently. I, pl- I, I don't play them anymore. It's very, very rare for me. Uh, so when it comes, one last thing to kind of throw out there with Halo, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you where it's like, I don't know if I want to see another one, but we will, obviously. At this point... We'll see something. I would... Give it to another studio. I want to see what someone else can do. That's my mindset. Here, here's my attitude on it. I don't want to see another mainline or something like that Halo game where they're making an FPS game with a campaign. Give me something different. Yeah. It's like, show me show me what you can do in a different genre. Mm-hmm. Quit, quit trying to make an FPS game. Yeah, I know the lore and everything is based on an FPS game. This show, is where Halo Wars show, players are yelling me, at you. Show me something <laughs> different. Well, I mean, Halo Wars is there, but yeah. I mean, when it, how long has it been since Halo Wars came out? Or Halo, Halo Wars, Wars 2 was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, it's like, we don't have anything like that. People loved that, those games. 
It's like I don't. And honestly, if Halo Wars came back, it'd probably be you'd probably be a lot better now because like that genre has popped it's, off. It's, the made, last... it's made a resurgence. Yeah. The problem is when <laughs> this those, is Halo Wars time right now, when, baby. When those came <laughs> out was in the dying era of like Starcraft. Oh, yeah, where of, Starcraft's still popping, but you yeah, know what it I mean. was like the dying era of that genre. Yeah. Now, now it's like everybody's excited because those games are. I mean, hell, Age of Empires came out in the yep. last. There's uh, that one new game, I think, called Stormgate that's made by StarCraft devs. That's on the way, and a lot of people are excited about that yeah, one. But it's like these it's like these games are starting to make a comeback. I'm not saying make a Halo Wars. I'm like, I'm saying try something different. Or if you want to make an yep. FPS game, make a campaign-only game or something. Make something unique. Yeah. Quit trying to feed me the same multiplayer focused game that we've all we've seen over and over again. We got better free-to-play versions. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, I'm with you. You know, I want to see something different, um, and I want to also see it in the hands of someone else. Not as like, you know, I need someone else to buy it, but like give someone else, like 343 and Microsoft just published the game. Give another studio a swing, see what they can do. Like oh, that's what I want to see. Oh, and that's why, I, while I'm not a BR player, I'm looking forward to seeing what certain affinities got cooking because yeah. I want to see how much better it is than Halo Infinite. Yeah, it's like, I mean, hell, Microsoft... They made every year they make a big show about all these indie studios, all yep. these smaller studios they require. It's like take one of your best smaller developers, give them it's like and give them your big boy. Yep. Give them your big boy, see what they can do with it. Just tell hand it to them and go, make whatever you want and see what comes yep. out. Don't, you don't have to release it. Give it it's like hand it off. Don't say anything to anybody. Just hand it to them and go, see what you can do. Yep. And then a couple years later, See what they do, and it, maybe they'll surprise you. Yeah, it's you kind of... You don't have to keep it within the same people that have been fucking it up for years. It's honestly like, while I understand this company is obviously not game developers and never really have been, but it's kind of the same thing with Disney and Star Wars. They had that long contract with EA. EA kind of fucked up a lot of games over and over again. That contract's done. Now Disney's just like, oh, you want a Star Wars game? Yeah, 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 do, do what you want. Oh, you want one too? Yeah, sure, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, do your thing. Yeah, it's like they're not looking for... It's like they're not... They're, they don't care who it is necessarily. They're just make good at, games. They're looking at make people, money. They're looking at people that have a good track record with games, or they specialize in a field, and they go, "You want to make something with our with our IP? Yeah, sure. I've yep. seen I've seen what you can do. Yep. Microsoft need like if they want to continue trying to push Halo, fuck three four three. Yep. Find one of your best developers that you can who has a good track record. Doesn't matter if it if it's their genre. Like I said, they focus too much on it being. It's purely FPS. I don't give a shit if it's an FPS game. I don't give a shit if it's a tower defense game. Mm. I don't care what it is. Just find a good developer. You find a good developer with a good team, they'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. It's like hell. I mean, like like I said, it's, it's, I'm also of the opinion where most of the games I play these days are small development teams or they're indie games. You do a lot of indie gaming. It's like yeah. I do a lot of indie gaming and stuff like that, and it's amazing how... It's like, yeah, it may not look as good as these AAA games, but it plays a hell of a lot better. Right. It's just a fun game, and that's the main thing. Oh yeah, that's what a lot of people sleep on indies about. Like they just don't they don't dive into a lot of indies because they're they just we're in a we're in a day and age where everyone wants the big multi million dollar budget game. But it's like, yo, a lot of these indie games are freaking solid and considered well, some of the best games ever. Well, it's like uh, this is a, this is completely off topic. I just saw an article about it the other day. Uh, you know, you know when I was talking to indie games, I was excited for coming out. Yeah, Remember yeah. when I mentioned yep. Birth? Yeah, 
article came out, the, the creator of it's been going around to conventions and stuff, showing it off, has received nothing but phenomenal support from people that have stopped by to play play the game. Oh, that's what's up. And it's 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 like they were like, I'm so surprised how many people chose to stay and 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 play like sit there and enjoy my game when I'm standing next to some of these other people and see what they've done. Right. And so it's like. I mean, sometimes as simple as that, it's a point-and-click adventure game, basically, mm-hmm. is is what that's going to be, or like a point-and-click puzzle game. And it's like, it's one of the most anticipated games of the year for me, right? because it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be over the top. It just has to be good. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that, that's that's where it all comes down to with, with Halo. It doesn't have to be like this over the top. You don't have to re- copy and paste what you did so well with especially two, three, and reach because that was a lot more heavy online. Yeah. You know, the online for one came, you know, it was there, but it didn't rise to prominence till two. You, we don't need to have the same copy paste Halo game that's campaign multiplayer, and now thanks to three Forge, like we don't have to have that same yeah. formula. Like you know, you can do something different, yeah. which I think I think would, I think people would welcome. They're stuck in the two thousand nine mindset. Yeah, they are. It's like they're they're like this is this is what sold back then. We have to make this, but twenty twenty three version. Exactly, and it's 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 not what people want. Yeah, people just want a good game. Yeah, which they have not delivered on three different times now. Well, really four. I mean, Master Chief Collection in theory could have been a great game, but it was just unplayable. They fucked yeah. it up. Yeah, it's <laughs> it like it's just supposed. To, it, I mean, really, it's just supposed to be. It's supposed to be that. That should have been an easy one. <laughs> it's it's, so, it's just hey, hey, everybody loves these games. We're gonna put them in one, so you only have to open up one application to yep. play them all. But somehow we're gonna move them all here, where this is the only place you can play them. But then make it where you can't play it. Yeah, exactly. It was it was that was just a dumpster fire. Like, granted, when it when they had it working and finished after about three and a half years, it worked great. Everybody loved it then. Problem right. is that you lost half your players. Yeah, exactly. Uh, any other thoughts on Halo? Leave it alone. <laughs> let it die. Just leave it alone. <laughs> let us. Let us. Like last week, we talked about our good memories with it. Quit making us. Re- it's like quit giving us new bad ones. Basically, <laughs> I right. do something with it. At least don't. Just like put some effort in. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's hit the weekly wrap up then. Uh, the first one that I'll shout out because it was obviously it is obviously advertised in this episode is involving uh, Fallout. Uh, Obsidian Studio Head, again, is trying to make a pitch for another Fallout game. Uh, you know, this happened when Bethesda was first acquired, that Obsidian's like, we would love to make another Fallout. We'd love to make New Vegas 2, whatever. Uh, and, you know, he recently was uh, kind of talked about it, where he's just like, you know, for the rest of the year, our big focus is like avowed this game and this game. I don't remember the other two he said, um, you know, but if in the 2023, we'll start evaluating where to, we're going to kind of go from there. And his, his exact quote was, I would love to make another fallout before I retire at this point, like with how much obsidian has pushed for it time and time again, especially now that they're under the same umbrella. I don't understand why this is not already like getting set up to happen because it's like, Bethesda doesn't have to do anything. Microsoft is going to make a ton of money off this and obsidian wants to do it. Yeah, well, the, the other thing is Bethesda's not, it's like they wouldn't have to do anything. They're already not doing anything, and they're, yep. they're not going to be doing anything for years. Yeah, because they, they already laid out their, their groundwork. They laid it, made it very clear. Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six, Fallout 5. That is from Todd Howard himself. Yeah. That is the point. It's like we know the, we know the layout for it. Also, it's like the other thing is I don't know I don't know why they would be pushing back or just refusing to say anything on it because Obsidian holds 
like what many people consider the greatest Fallout game created yeah, true. under their banner. It's like, yeah, it's it's your game, but it's your your franchise, but Obsidian did it better than you, according to a lot of people. Yep. The other thing is, after having played some more Obsidian games, I mean, they they make it's like out. It's like granted, okay, granted, Bethesda, Obsidian, they make varied types of games. This is not an all-encompassing <laughs> statement. So don't throw you under the bus. This is this is not an all-encompassing. <laughs> so statement. don't throw you under the but bus. The thing here. is. Uh, they make the same games. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like slap a different skin on it. That it's like, and that's not a bad thing. It's just it's it's the way the games are created. It's why they were able to take Fallout and make it so seamlessly into like they were so seamlessly able to make the game without changing a lot to it. Is they make similar types of games. Yep, it's like the the gameplay loops. Are there? It's like, and they—I mean, hell—they both make great games. It, it could just be the fact that Bethesda's like, man, we don't want to give them Fallout again, and then just make them once again make a better Fallout than we do. Right. It's like that. At the end of the day, that might just be it. Which that would be so stupid, bro. Like everyone can make money off this. Like, isn't I mean, that what it's about? Is that good games and make money? I mean, it's 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 about making good games, but for them, it's just. I mean. If they if they handed it to him again and Obsidian made a better Fallout game for the, than them a second time, it's just gonna make them look like shit. I mean, true, but also like I'm pretty sure like Bethesda they didn't even make Fallout, right? They, they acquired Fallout after two. Isn't, isn't that how it went down? Well, they, they, I don't think Bethesda's the original well, creator of Fallout. Well, no, but Fallout One and Two were also completely different games. They were, yeah. It's like they weren't they so, weren't what people refer to Fallout these days. Yeah, but it, the bottom line is, it's not like Bethesda is like the creator of Fallout. Like, come on now, like no. it's not like they're one upping you on your franchise. But I mean, I mean, you say you say Fallout, everybody says Bethesda. Yeah, I know, I know. They go hand in hand now. I get it's it. It's like it's the same. It's the same thing there. So yeah, it could. I mean. Honestly, I would say give it to him. It doesn't hurt anything other than potentially your reputation. Honestly, I'm in the but, boat that this is also, going to happen. I think this, it makes too much oh, sense for I it mean, to happen. I mean, it does make too much sense. I would not be surprised at all of an announcement of it coming at any point in time. Yeah. But it, it is kind of that thing of the only thing that would be hurt if they made a if they did the game is if they made a better game than you did again. Because... Yeah. It's like, what was it? Fallout 3 and then New Vegas. And yep. everybody preferred New Vegas. And then 4. And, and then, then, and then there's, like, eh. yeah. And then there's 4. And then if they give it to Obsidian and they make their whatever they in, would end up calling it and people like it better than 4, then you got Bethesda sitting over there going, fuck, they make our game better than we do every time. Yeah. But then again, Bethesda can take it. I mean, I mean, fucking Fallout 76, they took enough <laughs> shit for that. <laughs> Granted, people love that game now. Now, yes. It's like now people love that game. They've kind of. Re- rebuilt that reputation there it would just it's like maybe they could just be like man we're not ready for another hit <laughs> we're not ready to get hit yet let us have starfield come out first <laughs> and well, then it, maybe we'll chat <laughs> it could be that it's like if star it's like they may wait for starfield to come out and if it's a banger and they'd be like okay now we're gonna go focus on elder scrolls six uh and in the meantime we're doing that obsidian go make fallout yeah 
I, would, could, I think like, that's how it's going to play out. Yeah, realistically, as long as Starfield sticks to landing, yep, I, that's what I think is going to happen. I do too. I mean, because like it just makes too much sense for all parties. Uh, you know, the only thing that's on the line for Bethesda, like you're saying, reputation. So, I mean, I'll be looking forward to that. I mean, because like if we don't get this, re- like like we already kind of pointed out, realistically, you're not getting anything new Fallout for a long time. Besides 76 expansions, Fallout will be dead for a very very long time. So I, I mean, feel hell, like this makes already, sense. It's already been. 2015. I was going to say, I was thinking six years, closer to eight. 2015 is when it came out. Um, yeah, because that's when I started uh, my last job, and that's when it came out because the first town that I went to with my last job, it came out, and I was playing it in the hotel. So, yeah, uh, 2015 is when Fallout 4 came out. Because yeah. the only thing, the only, my only barometer from Fallout 4 came out was showing up to our, uh, I think it was, Andy's place and walking in the back room and you you being on one TV right here and someone else being on the other TV right here both playing Fallout 4. Yep. Might have been me and Andy. I don't remember. Uh, but, I mean, I th- I, like I said, at this point, like it just makes too much sense and I'm in the boat it's going to happen. That I'm in that boat that we're going to get a new Vegas 2 or whatever, which will be exciting. You know, if, like, like what you're saying, Obsidian makes great games. And yeah, I, th- I think they're I think they're going to stick the landing on Avowed personally. I'm really excited to see more on Avowed. Uh, everything I've heard about it through leaks sounds really cool. What is it about? Uh, is Avowed just like Obsidian's? It was basically going to be their answer to Elder Scrolls. I was going to say it's Obsidian's Elder Scrolls, and yeah. man, it's like man, if you're if you're fighting for uh, if you're fighting for Fallout, maybe you don't want to stick the landing too hard on Avowed. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Well, I mean, I know I'm just saying because it's like that, then you're just look, then I know. You, then you got Bethesda sitting there going, "Fuck, they do everything better than us." I know, I know. <laughs> no, about about. I was just trying to remember if it was the game I thought it was. But yeah. yeah, nah. I mean, about gonna be great. It's like, I forgot what like world about is. There's another game series from Obsidian. Uh, that they've made that avowed is confirmed to be in the world of. I, I don't know remember. what you're talking about. Yeah, I because it, it. Th- this conversation popped up when the when all the leaks said that avowed has guns, and everyone's like, "What?" And it, it's just like it's because it's in the same world as this game, and this game had swords and guns and whatever. I, I just don't remember what it what it is, but I mean, I'm excited to see more on avowed yeah. personally. Uh, all right, next thing we had a weekly wrap up, which I was kind of curious your your thoughts on here for the cast is uh, there was a new leaked image which was later to be confirmed to be true. Uh, from Suicide Squad, which is curming, uh, confirming that it does have live service elements, battle pass, and all. Uh, a lot of people immediately w- said in response to this, hello, Marvel's Avengers 2. <laughs> um, I don't really think so. Because like, like me and Zach were talking about when we were talking about anticipated games, I mean, the fact that a like, live service game, has, it's like a little hesitant on that. I'm like, I don't really know what that means or how they're going to try to do it. But the studio behind it, I mean, they don't, Rocksteady. They, they don't miss. Yeah, that's true. Rocksteady knows what they, they're doing. It's like they don't miss. So it's This like, is the A-team. Yeah. It's like we have we have the A-team that's been making these type, like at least from what the game looked like before we found out it was going to be a live service game and that. Mm-hmm. It's like for that type of game, I mean, it's it's them. They're They're the, they're the ones up here. Yep, they're the ones everybody's reaching for on it. So, I mean, depends on how they do it. It it seems like a weird game to try to make a live service game. Yeah, but then I mean, again, we said the same thing about Marvel's Avengers. I mean, we write about that too. Yep. I mean, Marvel's Avengers. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but I mean, this game is called Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League. Mm-hmm. 
what it's like how are you gonna make it a live service game what happens after the story of it when you kill the if, if you kill the justice league right it's like what what is there then yeah what what's next it's like we're gonna have a new justice league Basically. are we just gonna have boss fights or stuff like that. It'll probably in. just be boss fights. Something yeah. stupid. That's what Marvel's Avengers is, basically. Yeah. It's like it, it'll be something, something weird like that. I don't know. As long as, as long as the story part of the game is fun. As long as, as long as like co-op and stuff. As long as we get some sort of way to enjoy the game and play through it, then whatever. Yeah, I'm still excited for the game. It looks, it, it looks, it looks just goofy enough to have a good time. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> Speaking of Avengers, the end of Marvel's Avengers has finally come. I was surprised it made it this long. Support is finally coming to a close on September 30th. I, <laughs> I'm surprised they made it into 2023. I am not, too. Not by like player base or anything. <laughs> like they just they just kept working on it out of pure like determination. Yep. Like we're gonna make it this somewhat it's like, fun. It's like they were they were like there are still people playing this, so we're going to do what we can to do right by them. Yeah, you know what? Good for them. Yeah, good job. You know, you you, you did your best. <laughs> this is the best it's, I can say. It's, it's like it, the, your game wasn't what people wanted it to be, but for the people that were there, you kept going. Yeah, and you, you got to respect that to an extent. Yep. Uh, the next thing. This is kind of this is random. But I wanted to shout it out just because, like, man. Talk about an oof. Uh, a customer recently purchased a sealed and graded copy of Pokemon Yellow. I think it was like a 9.3 or something. Uh, but it got ripped apart by U.S. Customs during shipping. Like, they ripped open the actual sealed case. Uh, they cut open the Pokemon Yellow box to confirm what was inside of it. Just completely destroyed, and that's how the guy got it. I think it was like a 10K purchase. Oof. Oof. <laughs> And obviously, in U.S. Customs, they're not going to, they're not, I don't, to my understanding, they cannot be held accountable for it. But man, that's just, someone was, someone was having a bad day at Customs. Yeah. And clearly was not, like, they couldn't have been paying attention or that, or they have no idea what they're looking at. But even still, surely someone around you, them did. You see a, you see something in a great, in a, like, a clear plastic, sealed container with a grading on it yep. they it's like clearly this can't be the first time you've seen it because this shit goes through the mail whether it be cards games yep. whatever shit happens it's like this stuff goes through all the time why you got why you gotta take one of the few like pokemon yellows that are out there and highly graded yes sealed sealed game and everything man i would i would be imagine like if you bought that, but like let's say you bought crystal and it came in like that, man. <laughs> I don't know. That's it, it's, that's <laughs> wild. I that's just unfortunate. It is. Uh, last two things we got here. One, Armor Core Six will have a one-hour presentation at the Typey Game Show on February third. So expect some information out of that, uh, which that one is being, of course, made from 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 Soft. So. I'm going to keep an eye off that and see all the information come out. And the last thing, we officially have a release date range for a game that all of us here have been very excited for and continue to talk about whenever we can to keep it in people's minds. Black Myth Wukong is officially set for summer 2024. That's our news for 2023. Yep, that's it. We're not getting anything in <laughs> August this time. <laughs> we may get something, maybe we'll I think get we will. something in I August. Think, I think we will. I yeah. think we'll still get a gameplay thing. Yeah, it's like, I mean... 
We're getting more this year than we expected. Yeah, see? We got something in January. This is a big deal. <laughs> this is a big deal. We're getting there. Yeah. I'm not really this messed up a, that it's delayed out this year, though. I mean, I'm cool I'm, with that. I mean, years no, already been, packed anyway. We've been... We've been wait. We wait every year for a one month window to get yep. one gameplay trailer for. I it. know this is. It's like <laughs> it doesn't matter if they re- delay it to twenty twenty four. I mean, we're still gonna be waiting on the game. Yep, we've been waiting on it for years. Yep. Every I, time they show something, we're like, I can't believe they made that much progress in one year. I know. I'm so pumped they for it. They swapped engines on it in one year. I know. Uh, I will also add um, that that trailer they released only that date was only 100% confirmed for PC. That console release date is still unknown. Yeah. Uh, which at this point, if they even just canceled the console ports for maybe the Series X and PS5, it just can't even power what they're trying to do. Whatever. I'll just get it on PC. I don't care. I'm still playing this fucking game. Yeah. I'm pumped. <laughs> I hope it comes to console for more people for more people to enjoy. Um, but I mean, whatever. If if it's only coming PC in summer that year, I guess I'm getting it on PC. I don't care. Yeah, I want this game. This game looks great. Uh, all right, so that's it for today's show. Um, you know, again, we did do the show a, a lot earlier today, so Zach couldn't be here because I've got shit I got to go do in like two hours, and uh, God knows how long it'll be. Um, but uh, uh, pretty good show though. Looking forward to playing more Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, looking forward to whenever you get to play it. Maybe a little while. It, it may be a little bit. Of this. Yeah, you get you have a packed next, schedule. Next next month is wild yeah uh you got anything else or am i good to hit the music i uh, probably good to hit the music all right let's get out of here then all Last right thoughts. uh you got this yeah yeah so uh like comment subscribe <laughs> follow it's like uh if you enjoyed what you saw here uh please if you if you get given a subscription here go uh check out the game setic channel as well because the videos will be posted there yep live uh, on both yep and uh if you made it to the end with us, I know we th- we kind of came on a bit early today, but you know things happen. Sometimes we got to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, true. But yeah, if you made it all the way to the very end, thank you very much, and come check us out next week when we'll probably be at our usual time. But you know what? We throw some curveballs every now and then. Got to mix it up. And then also for next week, John will be talking about Forspoken. Yep. So that's cool. Looking forward to chatting about that as well as whatever else pops. Oh. um... Uh, that Bethesda directs this week too. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna uh, get to get some more information on Redfall, which that's the one I'm most excited for. I want to see more on Redfall because I think there was there was a couple other games part of that uh, developer direct. Not um, that yeah, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see. But Redfall is the one I'm really excited to see. So we're, that's coming out on the 25th. So looking forward to talking about that next week as well. But yeah, also make sure to go check out some uh, Rogue Energy because uh, that Black Cherry Lemonade is incredible. Oh, my God. That, that is such a great flavor. You can use our referral link down below uh, to pick up some. Use promo code SPARKY3 as well. Join the Discord. Go over to Agent Inc. to you know pick up a jersey. We appreciate all that support. Till next time, guys, have a good one. See ya. See ya.